Hey guys, thank you for watching online all over the world. We are honored that you would watch LifePoint Church Services. Our mission statement around here is pointing people to a Christ-centered life, and we want to hear how that's happening through these sermons. So we would love for you to reach out to us through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and tell us how God is moving in your life. Also, if you're a part of this service, but, but you're not close to a local campus, we want to help you get connected to a local body. Please reach out to us, and we will recommend some great churches in your area for you to be a part of. Again, thank you for being a part of LifePoint Church Online, and we hope God blesses you. Uh, just as a precursor, uh, so this finally the weather has caught up to me and it got me sick this weekend. And so if I have a coughing fit or whatever, just ignore it. All right. Uh, no one's sitting on the first two rows, so I think you're safe. Uh, but uh, but just in case I got to drink some water or something, just be, bear with me, please. Uh, so we've been in this series called Life. And uh, the, the, we, on Easter, we started it, and, and we started on Easter saying, man, we're going to begin a series that tells what LifePoint is all about, and that LifePoint exists to help people find life, live life, and share life. And we started that on Easter, that life is Christ, right, and, and, and helping people find life, live life, and share life. Well, hey, let's do this. Y'all say it with me, all right, because I want this to be in you. I want you to know this. When someone asks you, tell me about your church, you say, hey, we're, we're a community that helps people find life, live life, share life. All right, so let's say this together. Ready? We exist to help people find life, live life, and share. All right, that's not a bad first go. Let's, let's one more time. Y'all ready? We exist to help people find life, live life, and share life. And that's what we believe Christ has called us to be about as a church. We believe that that's what Jesus wants from us. That we talked about uh, at Easter that he is the life, right? We read to you John 10, 10, which says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. So Jesus comes to give life. And it's not just this vague life, this mysterious out there life, but it is genuine, abundant life that you can have. And do you have it? That Jesus came to give you life. And then we, we read John 14, 6, that Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So that life we're helping people find is Christ. And that in Christ is the only place where life can be found. Both eternal life for forever and abundant life for now. And so Jesus is what we are about as a church. And and what, what, uh, the identity of life point, helping people find life, that's find Christ, be saved by him, turn from their sins and turn to God. And, and, and then to, after they've been saved by him, to live life, what, to, to be a disciple, to, to live out our days for, for God, to, as he would have us live out our days as disciples and followers of Christ. And then ultimately to share life, which is to take what, the life that we have found and give it to others. And, and so that's where we've been talking uh, that, that first week. And, 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 um, and so we've appropriately named the series Life. That's what we are about. That's why we named our church Life Point. Uh, we, we want to point to Jesus. And so we talked about final life. And then the, the, the last two weeks and then this week, just the, the, the first week in that bit was uh, we live to worship. Right. So, so we believe if you found life, then that. If you've been converted by Christ, you've been regenerated by him, you have the Holy Spirit, the presence of God living in you, it changes you. It changes you. It changes who you are, how you live, how you think, it changes everything about you. And, and 
Three of those characteristics we believe that changes in, in you is that it, it makes you live to worship, live to serve, and live to give, which we'll talk about today. L- live to worship, we said, man, it's not just a Sunday morning, but that all of our life, every moment of our days is spent in worship to God. So when you go to work, you go to work for the glory and worship of God. When you parent your children, you're parenting your children to the worship of God. Now, it's not just about the gathering, but it is also about the gathering. You come into this place worshiping God, uh, pouring out uh, and, and asking God to move in you, and you're pouring out praise for how he's already moved in you. You come into this place gathering, uh, like the Bible says together, to, to come together, to, to not neglect meeting together, and you come together to worship him. And then we live to serve. That When you, when you uh, are saved by God, he, he turns he, 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 he takes what was in you before, all the, all the self-centeredness, all the selfishness. He flips it on its head and says, now you're going to take all of that and kill it, and you're going to begin to serve other people. And so you come into this place and you serve. You, you look in, uh, all around in your life, your neighbors, your family. Who can I then serve? How, how can I be a blessing to people? How can I take what has been given to me and give it out? And then which leads kind of piggyback into this week, which is uh, we live to give. That we are a generous people. We have been given to generously, and therefore we also give generously. And, and so that's, that's where we're heading today. We're talking about... Uh, um, we're tackling generosity uh, today. Now, I know when you talk about generosity, most people get nervous. You know, you get more nervous than Trump in a ceiling fan store. And, uh, but I want, you, I want you to relax, all right? Just relax. I'm not getting a Christmas bonus off anybody stroking some new checks, all right? I'm not, I don't work off commission here, right? Uh, I, we're going to teach generosity, not just money, but gifts and time and talents, all that. We're talking generosity. And my only motive is for your freedom in Christ. My only motive is that you would have joy in God and that you would know him and be free from the, all the entanglements and entrapments of the world. That's my motivation. You know, you know a couple years ago, I looked up... Uh, I don't know why I do this to myself, but I, I, I was looking at a Google review or a Facebook review, I forget, of our church. And this guy puts on the, which, which by the way, if you would ever want to do that, just only if you're going to five star it, okay? But go do that, okay? Uh, but, uh, but I read this one. It's like, man, this, this guy wrote on there. Uh, I, man, I was loving the church. It's going really good. I was really connecting, really enjoying the time. And then the pastor said that uh, I, uh, just put my 20 in the offering plate. It's tipping God. It's not tithing. And I got mad. I'm not ever going back to that church again. I'm like, okay, bro. Like, here's the issue. It's a, that's a heart problem. Right? That's a heart problem. Uh, God doesn't need your money. He gave you every dollar you got. He wants your heart. <laughs> and if your heart is, is so stingy that it's like, I, I can't, I, I'm not going to give anything. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, don't want to be expected to do anything. Then, okay, you got to begin to evaluate. Where is your heart? You know, Scripture says for a purpose that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right? So where is your treasure? Is it in your pocketbook or is it in the cross? So we as a people want to continue to be a generous people, which, which means for us, we have to constantly be pulling off the tentacles of, of sin and selfishness from our hearts. We have to constantly be beating that back. And one of the primary ways we beat it back is by being a generous 
a, a generous people, right? Uh, love gives. There's no way around it. If you love somebody, you give. If you love God, you give unto God. If you love others, you give unto others. Like, like your marriage. You, you say you love your spouse. Like if I say I love my wife, that, that means I'm going to be generous to her too, right? Uh, it means it's going to come with like cards and flowers, can, you know, NASCAR season tickets, you know. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, Dale Earnhardt Jr., woo! Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, where was I? Uh, but, but, but love gives. It, it, uh, it's natural. When you love, you give uh, unto something. And that's the same thing in the kingdom. Like when you love God, you, you give unto God and you give unto others. And, and not just money. Again, I'm, 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 when I say generosity, don't just think money. Though that's a piece of it. It's, it's all that we've been given that we are generous to God with. And when we are generous, when we, are, when we live to give, when we're generous with all that the Lord has given us, it makes the grace of God visible to the world. When we give, when we, when we pour ourselves out, it makes the grace of God visible to the world. Because no one does that without a kickback, right? No one does it without a tax incentive. No one pours out and gives sacrificially like that. Like, this, this, is, this is the primary way in, w- in which we can make the world stand up and take notice and say something's going on there. They're taking care of the needs of the, of the world. They're, they're, they're giving. They're living to give. Man, that's incredible. I heard a pastor say recently, he said that uh, no nonprofit should uh, be seeking for money. I would say there should be no nonprofits the church should be going out and doing all the work. The nonprofits has picked up the slack where the church has dropped the ball. So we should be a giving, generous people, seeing needs and meeting needs, seeing a problem and fixing a problem. That should be our heartbeat, living to give, um, and, 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 and all that we've been given, stewarding that well for the kingdom, right? Um, you know, Bill Gates, y'all know that guy. He's a wealthy fella, kind of wealthy. Uh, you, you know, if he was a country, he'd be the 37th wealthiest country in the world. That means he's richer than hundreds of countries. Um, if Bill Gates stopped all his money-making ventures to pick up a $100 bill, the two seconds that would take him to do it, he'd be losing money. I'd hate to have that problem, you know. <laughs> And, uh, uh, or how about this? Bill Gates could give everybody in the world 10 bucks and still have $2 billion. I'm like, where's my 10 bucks, bro? <laughs> if he was to make no more money and, and want to exhaust his wealth by the time he reached the age of 90, he'd have to spend $6 million a day. I'd like to try. I'm just saying, you know, I'll find something to do with it, right? Here's a wealthy man, right? And in a worldly sense, that kind of wealth is mind-boggling. But compared to the wealth of our great God, Bill Gates is a pauper. And everything he's been given, that he has, has been given to him by God. Some would say Bill Gates is a generous man. He's given away between 26 and $28 billion to charities. Some would say, yeah, he's a generous man. But compared to the generosity of our God, he's a hoarder. 
Our God is wealthy and he's generous. And we're going to walk through some of that today. I want to read Colossians 1.16. It says this, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. So all we have All we've been given has been given to us by God. Whether you're a believer in Christ or not, everything you enjoy about life has been given to you by God. You say, if you're healthy, which not all of us are, but if you are healthy, your health has been given to you by God. You say, no, David, it's because I'm on keto and hot yoga. I would say, no, There are plenty of healthy people in their 30s that are right now buying burial plots. We have far less control than we think we do. God has given you your health should you have it. And you should thank God for giving you the gift of that health. You got a good job? Yeah, I worked hard for this job. I I went through college. I'm still paying that off. And uh, I, I, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and I worked hard and I got this job. Oh, yeah? Why did you get that job? Because of your awesomeness? Okay, who gave you that awesomeness? Who gave you that mind? Who gave you the opportunity? Who put you in the position you were put in? Who let you be born in the family, country, state that you were born into? God did. And you have nothing without, that doesn't come from his hand. Everything we have, everything we've been given has been given to us by God. And I think sometimes we aren't generous because we think what we have is ours. We think what we have is ours, mine. It's all mine. No. We have been given for the purpose of using for the kingdom of God to make him great. Right? He, he, God is generously gives to us and so that we will manage it for, for the kingdom. Now, we get things. It's not, we can enjoy them. They're not bad things. Getting stuff is not bad stuff. But, man, we have to learn to be generous people. We have to not, let, not be owned by things, but use things for the kingdom of God and for the purposes of God, right? Uh, obviously, when, when we understand that, we understand everything we've been given is given to us for a higher purpose, a bigger purpose. So when we get that Christmas bonus, right, we're not, we're not just thinking, oh, new toy, new toy. We're thinking, okay, thank you, God. I see your hand blessing again. How might I use this for the kingdom? Right? Not that a new toy is bad, but, man, if I'm going to get a jet ski, how many orphans am I going to take out on a jet ski? Right? Like, how can I use everything that's been given to me for the purposes of God? Right? And so so living life isn't just about getting. It's about giving. And that's, I I think, the key to being a generous person, to understanding all that's going on here and, and becoming a generous person is realizing how generous God is. And I'm going to talk about the Godhead, which is the Trinity. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God, three persons, right? And I'm going to show you how each person of God is generous to us. And when we begin to understand the generosity of God, then when we want to be like God, we, 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 we want to be holy as He's holy, we want to walk in a way in which He walked, then, then we can start living our lives the way He lived his life, like Christ lived his life. And we want to be generous as God is, is generous, right? And, uh, and so the generosity of God is seen in God the Father in, in that he gave his son. 
You know, you, you know, you've been, you know, if you've been in church a long time or any sporting event, you know John 3.16, right? You know the verse Tim Tebow wrote? Yeah. Uh, just kidding. Uh, some of you are like, I thought he did write that. Uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God gave his son. Not piles of cash, not stock investments, not anything else. He gave his son to us. Here's the, here's the other piece of it. God gave his son to enemies. Remember, when we were born, we were born rebels. We were born into sin. We were born as God-haters. So the scripture says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So when we were a hot mess, God sent his son for us. So you weren't doing good, and God said, attaboy, let me me just support you and send my son. No, he said, you hate me, and I'm going to change that. I'm going to send my son. He sent his son to save enemies. That is scandalous in and of itself. That is a generous God. He looked upon you. And he said, for you, I'm going to send my son. To take your sin. To die the death that you should die. To bear the weight of my wrath for the sin that you committed yesterday, that wrath that stored up because of that sin is going on the cross. I'm sending my son to take it. That's generous. That's a generous God. So instead of condemning the world like we deserved, instead of destroying the world like we deserved, he, he sent his son to save the world. That's incredibly generous. That, that's the generosity of our great God. We also see the generosity through the Son, Jesus. Uh, and look, I want to read the, uh, John 10, 18. We're going to see Jesus laying down his life. He says, no one takes it, his life, is what he's talking about. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Jesus was not killed by any authority or power. He laid down his life. Pilate didn't take his life from him. The Jews didn't take his life from him. The Romans didn't take his life from him. He laid it down. I love Mark's account in the gospel. There's two instances that kind of make me go, that's awesome. Right when he dies, the guard who's seen hundreds, if not thousands of crucifixion deaths, sees his last breath given up, and he says, surely this was the Son of God. In the way in which he died, it made the guard go, whoa, something's off. And then the news gets to Pilate, and Pilate goes, Jesus has died so soon? It, 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 was, it was weird timing, awkward timing, so much so that it made Pilate question, wow, I didn't think you would have died this quickly. Why? He, didn't, he laid down his life. Nothing was ever taken from him. And then remember the fact that on the cross, he could have said a word, and legions of angels could have came down and just wiped everybody out. Killed every, just slay everybody. And he didn't, he didn't say a word. He laid down his life for us, for his children. That's generous. 
That's generosity like we've not seen anywhere else. That he laid down his life. So, so you have God sending the son. You have the son uh, laying down his life. Lastly, we see generosity of God through the Holy Spirit by the gifts that he gives his children. I want to read to you 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. It says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. <coughs> Excuse me. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So, so the Holy Spirit brings gifts to, to his children. So how does the Holy Spirit do that? I think, I think he does it two ways. One, everyone was born with some kind of natural bent, some kind of natural gifting. And the first way that I think the Holy Spirit works in that is that he, he refashions and repurposes those natural giftings for kingdom purposes, right? Like me, I've always been a passionate fella. Right. This didn't happen once I became a Christian. I've always been I've always been passionate. Right. So before Christ, it got me in a lot of trouble. Right. I was passionate about, you know, sports or passionate about, you know, whatever, myself, whatever. Right. And so I've always been a, a passionate person. I've also been always been a competitive person. All my life, right? That wasn't something that, you know, when I became a Christian, all of a sudden I'm, I, I love competition. No, that's always been in me, right? Like even this weekend, I'm playing Uno with my son, and I destroyed him. <laughs> he didn't stand a chance. And listen, I'm not one of these handout participation trophies kind of guys, right? Like if you want a trophy, it's going to say loser on it, all right? So you know, always remember you lost, right? <laughs> uh, no, like I've, I've always been competitive, right? I, I've always been a driven person. Before Christ, I was, I was, it got me in a lot of trouble. I, I got in a lot of fights, right? That may have been just the red hair, I don't know, but before Christ, I would fight. If you looked at me wrong, I'd fight you. It's just who I was, right? Uh, now, praise God that the Holy Spirit came into my life and began to, whoa, change that, right? And I don't fight nearly as many people now, right? And so begin to change that in me and repurpose his wiring of me, right? And so, so now that, that passion and that competitiveness and that drivenness is now used for the kingdom and, and God's purposes, right? And this is how he works in your life. So a lot of people, when they come to Christ later in life, uh, maybe God has gifted them like medical field or business practices or, or whatever, and they, they, they come to Christ and they say, okay, n- now I wonder if I need to drop all that and pursue like being a pastor or that, which may be, God may be calling you that, but a lot of times if you're not, if God hasn't gifted you for that, that's not what he wants from you. He wants you to just take the gifts that he's given you already and repurpose them and use them for the kingdom of God. So now you in the medical field or business field or whatever, no longer does do those things terminate on you or terminate on a paycheck, but those things then terminate on the kingdom. So he repurposes those things in you to be used for his namesake and his, his glory. So that's the first way the Holy Spirit works in you. Second way the Holy Spirit works in you is that he gives you new gifts. Uh, patience, you, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many of you are thankful I didn't sing that? <laughs> uh, he gives you new gifts, right? He, he gives you compassion, he gives, like intercession. If you can, if you're a prayer, you didn't have that gift before you came to Christ, 
right? That was a new spiritual gift given to you, right? And so he, he praise God, he gives us like patience, self-control, right? Like uh, I, I praise him all the time for those things in my life uh, and, and, and ask him to give me more oftentimes, right? Um, but he's, he, he gives us new gifts in that way. So he's very generous in how he moves in our life. And I, I, I shudder to think of where I would be if he didn't repurpose my gifts and if he didn't give me new gifts. And I praise, I praise God that the, the, the generosity of the Holy Spirit gives unto me uh, abundantly. Gives so much unto me. And you could probably attest that, too, in your own life. You, you may remember your life before Christ and the desires you had and how those things have been shifted and changed and, and taking the old, create, old self and making it a new creation, right? So you can praise God because of, the Holy, because of the Holy Spirit's generosity in your life. So you see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit all being generous uh, to us in, in, in our lives. Uh, the point is that... If we have found life, if we have found life in Christ, then we should live life. And, 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 and if, if that, that looks like we live to worship, we live to serve, and we live to give, we begin to look like Jesus. I, I want to read to you 1 John 2, 6. It says, whoever says he abides in him, Jesus, ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't glance over that without a check in my spirit. That's a very convicting verse for me. It says, whoever says he abides in Jesus ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So, okay, I say I abide in Christ. Do I walk in the same way in which he walked? I have to ask myself that all the time. Am I worshiping. I, I remember Jesus stealing away and having prayer times with God by himself when he was walking the earth. He'd steal away and, and, and pray. And he, he fasted. He, he sought the Lord. Do I do those things? He served. Remember we talked last week. He, he picked up the towel, wrapped around his waist, started washing feet of the disciples, right? Served, and he even said, I, "I didn't come to be served; I came to serve." So, if he walked that way, then I ought to walk that way. And he was generous; he gave, he gave even of his own life. And so, if he gave, I should give. I should be a generous individual, right? And uh, and so, if God is generous, the children of God should be generous. It's part of that sanctification process. Our our, our motto in life should be: live to give, live to worship, live to serve, live. Live to give. So how does this flesh out? First, and probably most, most obvious, is money and resources. I'll talk, I'll talk that and get that out of the way for you. Uh, but everything God has given you, he's given you for a purpose. He's given you as a tool. He's given you as a test, right? He's given you a tool to use for the kingdom of God. He's, using you, he's given it to you to show your faithfulness unto him. He's given it to you for a purpose. For what purpose has he given it? So do you use your money and your resources just to build your own kingdom? Or are you using it for the kingdom of God? It's, it's, it's very simple. And listen, I know this is one of the huge idols in our country. It's, it's, it gets all of us, myself included. We all have to be on guard from this idol because it would constantly, once it wrap its tentacles around our heart and, and cloud up our vision and our perspective, but, again, the Scripture says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
Don't let your, uh, put your heart into the things that matter, the, the kingdom things, and then your treasure will follow it, right? And, and so uh, we, we got to use our, our, our resources uh, uh, for the kingdom. Our resources, our money should not just terminate on us. They should terminate on, on the kingdom, on kingdom purposes. And I'm not talking about just tithing. Uh, tithing would be faithfulness. It would be obedience to the commands of God. I think generosity goes beyond that. Generosity is looking to meet needs where needs to be met. Not a begrudging, okay, I'll give my 10%. It goes beyond that. If you're not tithing, yeah, let's start there. But I think generosity goes beyond that. It's looking for ways that it can be a blessing in people's life. It's looking to help a single mom fix her vehicle. It's looking to uh, help that new family just moved into town, uh, you know, buy a washer and dryer. It's, it's, it's looking to support missionaries on the field or uh, th- those types of things. Like We're looking to be generous people with our time, with our money, with our resources, with our giftings. We're looking to be a blessing. That's what we do. That's what, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you are constantly, you've got spiritual eyes to see, how can I meet needs? Our attitude should never be, oh, they got a need. I, I will tell somebody they need to meet that need. No. If we see a need, we meet it. We, we, we attack it. If we see a problem, we fix it. We, we, we go. We, we, we live to give. We're generous in all that we do. And we give uh, sacrificially, right? Like, how can we not give generously considering how generous God has been to us? We consider all the blessings that he's given us. How can we not give? And again, reminder, everything you have been given has been given to you by God. And so how can you not be a generous individual, right? And, uh, and, and as people of faith, we, we are to give generously. Now, money is a given, but... I want to talk a little bit beyond that because I think it deals with our time and our resources, uh, our, our time and our giftings. Uh, whatever situation or gifting God has given you, he's given you for the purpose of using for his kingdom. So uh, m- maybe your situation right now is that you have a lot of free time, right? Uh, you, you know, uh, I don't know what, you know, what life stage that would be. I remember back, Jen and I always talk because now we got our third child on the way and we say, what did we do before we had kids? Like, we wasted our life. Like, we should have, like, wrote books and, like, like you know, you, what did we do? I don't even know. I don't, can't even remember what I did, right? Like, uh, those, the, the years the locusts have eaten, right? <laughs> uh, but in reality, we're all put in situations at times where we have more time than other, time, uh, than other stages of our life. If you're in that time right now, how are you using that time for the glory of God? Don't waste that time right? Purpose it for the kingdom. How are you purposing your situation for the kingdom? And then your giftings. How are you purposing your giftings for uh, the kingdom? Last week, we talked about how that all played out in service to the church, right? Uh, we, we said we, learned, we live to serve, right? Each of us have been given uh, generously given gifts uh, that are, are to be used to serve the body and to to, to serve for the kingdom, right, and, uh, and to be used for the church. And that's the, beauty, that's the beauty of the body, that we all have been given different giftings, right? We're not all given the same gifts, but we're all given different giftings. And many of you think that spiritual gifts are just the upfront ones, right? Like if you, you ain't preaching or singing, then what's my gifting? I don't know, right? 
No, that would, be, that would be wrong. We all are given different giftings to be used for kingdom uh, purposes, right? Like, uh, uh, like before a sermon, before, before you walked in and sat in the most comfortable seats you've ever sat in in your life, you were ministered to by the body. There were people out here greeting you and smiling at you and loving on you and maybe hugged you or maybe, you know, whatever. Maybe said, you're late, get in there. You know, whatever. Whatever they did, the body was ministering to you before you ever got in to hear, to hear a sermon uh, from me. And, 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 and there are servants all over there working in the parking lot, working the front door, working in preschool and kids ministry, which I praise the Lord for that. Uh, my directors always say, man, we're watching your kids, right? <laughs> like, all right. But, but you have people that are serving all over, uh, using their gifts the way God has wired them, right? And uh, you, you wouldn't want me rocking your baby, Right? And some of you would say, well, you wouldn't want me preaching, right? We've all been wired and gifted differently to serve the purposes uh, uh, that God has for us individually, right? And uh, I can't tell you how many times uh, a week. I, I, so if you're a guest, this is a little plug for guests. There's a Connect card. I hope you fill out the Connect card. But usually when a guest fills out a Connect card, I, I send them an email. I don't stalk them, right? I'm not like, you know, I'm not like swim fan or something. I don't know. But I sent him an email that just says, hey, man, glad you were here. Uh, here's some links, uh, and let me know if I can pray for anything uh, for you. And, uh, and, and so I send that off uh, at least once a month, oftentimes way more than that. I'll get one back that says, man, uh, we really enjoyed our time there. Uh, we were greeted by, you know, uh, Greg even mentioned Doug or Roy or some of our first impressions team out here. We, we were greeted at the front door. They took us around, showed us this, showed us this, showed us this, and, and, and brought us into the auditorium. And, man, we, we just felt uh, at home. And part of me gets offended. I'm like, you didn't say anything positive about my sermon. <laughs> I'm not emailing you back. No, no, not at all. Look, the, the, the ministering starts happening well before anyone's sitting in these seats. Like, it's the body reaching out and ministering and doing the work of, of the body. And, and I get those emails, and I'm, I'm so proud of our church when I get those emails. More proud when someone says, you know, we, I enjoyed your sermon. I'm more proud when I, I hear people say, man, I was greeted by this individual, and they loved me. They showed me all around, and we had a great experience there, man, and I love that. I love it when the body is being uh, the body. And then I'm, I'm starting to like, what's going on in that parking lot, right? Like, God is moving and changing lives before people even get into the door. Like, like the, the, those servants out there, they're smiling. Like, Gene's out there. Gene's out there directing traffic and giving hugs and directing people in, into the the. Uh, the church house, right, and, and w- w- that we've claimed it as church house now, right, and directing people in, and long before they get in here, God is using Gene to minister to people. He's using uh, everyone serving, that, like like when people mosey on to the, you know, they, they drag to get their coffee because you know Holy Spirit don't move without caffeine, right? So dragging get their coffee, even the people there that are serving and. Everybody's using their gifts for the kingdom, and God is wooing hearts long before someone enters into this room. And so God has gifted you in some ways. Are your gifts terminated on you or a paycheck? Or are you using your gifts for the kingdom? 
Are you using the way God has wired you and gifted you for kingdom purposes? God has given to you generously. He has given to you abundantly. We are to be people that walk in the same way in which he walked. We are to be people that live uh, to give. And when you're generous with your money or your time or your gifts, God gets glory and you get life. That's the beautiful thing about God. You can't outgive him. And the more you pour out yourself, whether it be money or time or resources or gifts, the more you pour out, God fills you up with himself. He gives you more of himself. He gives you joy. Now, I'm not talking about just serving or doing things out of legalistic, i, I got to do this, 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 a checklist. That's not what I'm talking about. That's how burnout happens. I'm talking about that you have a relationship with God, that you have been moved by him and his Holy Spirit to say, I want to walk the same way in which you walked. I want to live the same way in which you live. I want, I want to serve and give. I want to do those things that you've done. And as you do those things, he gives you more of himself. As you give sacrificially, he replaces. He's generous. You can't outgive him. You can't outgive him. He's a generous God. And so here we have live, live to give. We, we, we've, really, we've been handed too much uh, to hoard it, right? We've been shared with too much to be stingy. And so we've got to be a people that are generous people as our God is a generous God. We want to Walk in the same way in which he walked. That should be the disciple's heart. That should be what you long to look like. You long to look like Jesus, the one who saved you. And so we want to be people that live like he lived, walk like he walked. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you just for all you're doing in this place and all you're doing in our hearts. And I pray, God, that you would continue to peel back the tentacles that our world tries to strangle out our souls with. We want to live like you live. We want to be generous people. We want to see a need and meet a need. We, we want to be proactive. We want to be uh, just portraying the grace of God to the world. That's what we want to be. We want to be lights, light of the world, salt of the earth. We, that's what we want to do. That's who we want to be. And so, God, help us that when we get so inward focused, uh, help us to see, God, um, that you are a generous God, that we will begin to live like you live. Father, I pray. I know there's folks in here that uh, their, their money, their time, their uh, giftings. They're just terminating on their own kingdom. And I pray, God, that you would just continue to guide and direct and move in such a way, God, to open their eyes to see just again how much they've been given by the hand of God to be used for the purposes in the kingdom of God. I pray, God, that our lives will not be wrapped up and spent on trivial trinkets but God, that you would put in us a, a meaningful, purposeful, 
uh, intent for all that you've given us. Father, make us generous people. Let us live out generosity in every aspect of our lives. I mean, from simple things like uh, taking the lesser seat at the table, taking the lesser parking spot. I I don't know, God. Just help us to be people that are always looking for ways to give, to serve other people. to lay down our lives for the sake of the kingdom. God, we need you to do that because we, um, again, we, we are engulfed in a culture that does not do that. And it's easy for us to get sidetracked and focused on our own kingdom's toys trinkets but God may everything you've given us we use for your kingdom I pray God that you would just continue to open our eyes to everything you've given us whether it be time or whether it be giftings or whether it be finances or a house or cars or whatever that we would use them for kingdom purposes help us to be a generous people God in your name we pray Amen